0: Hey everyone, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And we do free online live interactive webinars. And um, sometimes I'll do a webinar and those are the boring ones. The best ones are where we have a special guest. And today we have a really special guest. Superdroid Robots are here. And we have Susan Payne. She's the owner of Superdroid Robots and Miles McKnight, He's a lead engineering technician for super droid robots. We also have Ben, he's behind the camera and we're at the headquarters of super droid robots in North Carolina and I'm in Colorado and we're bringing you this free live webinar to talk about and maybe do some demonstrations of the super droid robot. I was blessed by Susan. She gave me a droid, a super droid robot to play with. Um, you may have seen the video uh, I'll give you the URL so you can check it out, or it's on our YouTube channel if you want to see. And I took it in a crawl space at the Internet G House of Horrors. I took it under my car, I took it on my roof. Uh, it was a lot of fun to play with. It's built like a tank. Um, I, if I was a home inspector and I did a lot of crawl spaces and places where I didn't want to go, uh, I'd certainly consider getting a SuperDroid robot. It was a lot of fun and very easy to use. And that thing's like built like a tank. So Susan, thank you for doing that. That was a lot of fun when, when you shipped out to me. That was a lot of fun. And thank you, um, Miles and Ben for doing the webinar. And what are we gonna do today, Susan?
1: So today, I'm, I'm Susan and this is um, Miles and we're gonna look at the GPK-32. This is the home inspection robot that Ben um, had a chance to test out for us. Um, We have offered this, it was built exactly like he said, based on one of our um, tactical robots, the design of the chassis. So it's very robust, can handle a lot of different surfaces and tractions. And Miles is gonna look over the whole process of what happens when you get the fully loaded GPK case system and from opening the box to actually um, going through a sample inspection of a crawl space we have a a simulated crawl space set up and to how to pack it back up and get it ready for your next inspection we found that uh, just like ben said we've had a lot of call for this people that are home inspectors have saved time and money using something like this to help with their home inspection business it certainly doesn't replace the home inspector but it makes your job a lot easier and many times a lot safer because you're seeing what's in that crawl space before you have to go in, or maybe it saves you the effort of going in altogether. Um, It also saves the images immediately. It's a really high quality, high definition recording. And so you have easy access to sharing that information with the institutions and individuals you have to share it with. And we've had great experience with it. So I think Miles is gonna just, out the box, give you an idea of what it would be like to have your own.
0: Great, thanks Susan. Miles, before you begin, I just wanna remind everybody attending the webinar, um, feel free to ask questions. So on your side, uh, there should be a chat feature or a questions and answer feature. If you use the Q and A feature, you can bump up the questions that you like so they get uh, attended to first. And um, we'll just let Miles do a demonstration and we'll take care of the answers to the questions near the end of the presentation. So feel free to ask your questions as Miles uh, continues. Thanks, Susan. Uh, take it away,
2: Miles. All right, thank you. Yeah, we're we're just gonna go over the robot, some of the features, how to use it, uh, kind of how to take care of it, probably touch on who it's a good fit for, maybe who is it's not a great fit for. Um, it's, it's a good robot, but it can't handle every situation in the world. So, you know, it, it, we're gonna touch on where it's a good idea to use it, where you might not want to use it. But to start with, we'll just go from taking it out of the box, I guess. So it comes shipped in a Pelican case so that it protects it during shipping and it makes it easy to transport it from job site to job site. The manual is on top, so I'm just going to take that out of the way and I'm just going to tilt it up a bit just so you can get an idea of what it looks like in the case. Um, just got the robot, the remote control, the DeWalt batteries, the charger for the monitor and wheelie bars and tool down there on the end. So first thing we're going to do is just take the robot out of the case. Take the remote and the monitor out, and you don't have to use the wheelie bars. They're removable, but if we want to use them, we can go ahead and throw them on. It comes with a tool here to lift up the screws so that we can clamp down on the wheelie bars. The wheelie bars are made out of UHMW. They're very tough, durable plastic that has some spring to it, so they're really, just there to kind of help get over some taller obstacles. Um, This robot kind of started as a kind of simple, inexpensive inspection robot. And it just turned out to be home inspectors that were buying it and giving us feedback. So that very first version of the robot had some limitations that we've tried to address in this version. one of the biggest issues that people were having was the range it was using a gopro camera and that's a great camera but the only way for us to connect to it was through your phone or your tablet and that's a wi-fi connection so that wi-fi connection just does not have a whole lot of range and inspectors were having to stay so close to the robot to keep that connection to their phone that it wasn't really doing what they wanted it to. They were having to follow it around a bit too closely. And then with that Wi-Fi connection, you also get an input lag where if it's only about a second, but whenever you're driving the robot and you're not seeing what's happening until about a second later, it can make a difference whenever you're trying to avoid things and steer underneath things. So really this version of the robot came out of the feedback that we got from home inspectors on that very first version um, the wheelie bars were part of that. It was to help get over taller obstacles. The roll cage was in the event that you did roll over to protect the camera so it can't get damaged easily. And then the debris deflectors in the side just help with uh, underneath houses and crawl spaces. I, I don't spend a lot of time there, so I don't know as well as y'all, but apparently there's a lot of loose insulation and tarping and uh, loose wires and things of that nature that can get caught up between the track and the wheel. And this just helps to make sure that stuff does not get caught up in there. So, sorry, that was kind of a sidebar. We got the robot out and I'll grab one of our DeWalt batteries. It's just a standard DeWalt drill battery. Uh, It takes about 30 minutes to charge from completely dead and then it'll run for about two hours straight. And it has two of them in the box. So if you run one down, you can pop it out and pop the other one in. But we can pop the battery in just give it a tap to make sure it's seated and then there is an sd card in the box but i'm i'm not going to open this one up because it's brand new i've got one in my pocket that's already opened and on all of them i add a little flag to the micro sd card because it's such a small little thing that it's hard to hold on to and i like having that extra bit to grab hold of So I'm going to unplug the camera just to get the plug out of the way, make sure the camera is tilted down, and then I'm going to take the SD card with the metal contacts facing up, slide it into the slot and click it into place, put the plug back in. And this is just a sunscreen that goes around the monitor so that if you're outside and the sun's putting glare on your monitor, it just helps protect it from that and give you some get some of the glare off. So we're going to turn the robot on. There's just a toggle switch on the back. We just flip it up. Robot turns on. The lights light up so you know it's on. The camera just started recording automatically. And then we can turn on our remote and our monitor. Just flip up the power switch. Hold down the power button on the monitor. And you have to hold the monitor power button for around five seconds and it comes on and now we're able to see the feed from the robot on our screen and we're actually we have it set up so that what's coming through to my monitor can be shown on y'all's screen so in just a little bit we're going to do that so you have an idea of what the image looks like on the monitor because the like i said we're using a 5.8 gigahertz analog transmitter to get the video from the robot to the monitor And we did that with simply to get the longer range out of it. But it is an analog signal, so you will have bits of static here and there or some fuzz now and then. For the most part, it comes through pretty well, but it's not what you would call a high-definition image. That's what's being recorded on the SD card we put in the camera. Um, This lets you see what is going on well enough to drive around, avoid obstacles see areas that you need to look at more closely to take a picture of, to focus on, but it's not gonna be your high resolution image that you're gonna want to show to your customer or to use for really zooming in on. Um, and Miles, so, yes. when I,
0: when you sent me the, the robot to play with, uh, I can <laughs> confirm that it had a really good range. We were in the International House of Horrors with the robot and that was probably like a 40 foot long crawl space. And then I took it on my roof and I went around the corner of my house and controlled the robot without moving. And it was around the corner and I didn't have to get up on the roof. So it had a really good range and amazing. I don't know how it worked. It went around the bend and communicated instantly. What you said, like when I touched the control, it immediately moved. It was, it was really good and fast.
2: Oh, well, that's great to hear. Yeah, that, that was the problem we had with the Wi-Fi connection we used originally. And the this definitely works a lot better for range. If you you have it line of sight, you can get out pretty far. You can get out to four or 500 feet line of sight. Obviously, as you start introducing obstacles like steel and aluminum and concrete and things that you find in a house, obviously, that is going to bring down that distance uh, significantly, but you're still getting good range where driving from one end of a house to the other shouldn't be much of a concern. Um, In the event that you ever do get out of range of the robot, I can show you what will happen. It's got fail-safe so that if you're driving along and you lose control or you lose connection, I'm still pushing forward on the stick, but the robot just stops driving, the camera tilts down, and it just freezes there until you get close enough to reconnect to it again. Um, In this case, I can just turn the remote back on and we're connected again, but it'll just wait for you to get back in range of the robot.
1: Talk about a little bit about the interchangeable battery system, because I think that was a real, the battery system was one of the real impacts that we had feedback from inspectors for. They wanted a longer runtime, so I'll let you explain how that works.
2: So uh, another thing the original robot used that Could sometimes cause a problem was it was using an internal lithium battery. And lithium batteries are great for some things, but one area they're not ideal in is if you forget to turn the robot off and you just left it running when you were done with it, it would drain those lithium batteries down to the point where they lose a cell and they're not recoverable. So at that point, you're basically sending the robot back to the shop for the batteries to be swapped out. And that's obviously a major inconvenience. It's got cost in shipping the robot and time that you're losing not having the robot up and running. So you, lithium batteries can be used well and taken care of, but if there's always the possibility of an accident where it gets drained too low and you can't recover that battery. So with the, the DeWalt batteries, they're, they're made well, so they, they kind of protect themselves from being drained to the point where it'll damage the battery. Um, so it'll stop running whenever it's low without actually hurting the battery. And also in the event that you left this at a job site somewhere and were unable to go back and get it, then you can run to down the street to Lowe's and get another, the wall battery, no problem, and throw it in the robot and you're back up and running. Um,
1: the height and size of it, can you just remind them so they
2: get a visual sure. of that? So from, outside of the track to outside of the track is about 10 inches and then from front to back of the track is about 12 and a half and then to the top of the roll cage is about seven and a quarter and then with the wheelie bar added on that adds about another seven inches of wheelie bar back here but they are flexible so that if you do hit something with them it's not going to just be a hard stop they have flex to them so that's going
1: to fit in most crawl spaces.
2: Oh, yes. Um, the, the height is it's kind of a balance between accessibility for crawling over things and then under things. Um, we've done a version where it uses a bigger wheel and it can crawl over more obstacles. But as you do that, you have a lower clearance that you can make it under uh, so you lose the ability to get under something, so oh, this is sort of a happy yes, this is the balance point that seems to work the for the most people um, in most situations. Um, like I was saying before, if you get to a crawl space to use your robot and it's flooded, it, you just can't put the robot in there because you know it's electronics and water just don't go together. So there's going to be situations where it's not right for the job. And you have to be aware of that and not risk your equipment. Like any other tool, it has limitations and you have to take care of it and use it well and properly. So there, there are situations where you're going to want to not use the robot so that you don't damage it. And water is kind of a big one. You don't want to get the robot wet. Um, we do build waterproof inspection robots, but they're kind of more specialized for pipe inspection and they get into a very different price bracket as well. Again. It's a balance point of price and usability for the most people.
1: Are we ready to do a
2: sample
1: of the inside? We have a setup, we have in our um, system a simulated crawl space. And so I think what we'll do at this point is put the robot in the crawl space and let everybody sort of see what you'd actually visualize when the inspection's going on.
2: Okay, so, We built this table just as kind of a a little demonstration type thing. Um, It has inside of it, there's a little ramp in an area that you can climb up on top of, but it's just to show the robot driving around and we're going to put the video through to you so that the video you're seeing is the same image that is on the monitor in the same quality that is on the monitor. This is not the recorded image from the robot, it's just the transmitted image. So You'll see what quality it comes through to the monitor when you're actually driving the robot.
1: And the lights on this, Miles, what? Do you know what the lumen is on those lights, or an estimate of what that is? Um, it's
2: it's between 350 and 400 lumens.
1: Okay. And what about what about the quality of video that is capturing?
2: So the, it's recording the video in 1080p, um, and then like I said, the video on the monitor is a analog signal. So this, I I think this is just a two by four with a small piece of plywood on top of it. And w- with the wheelie bars on there, you can just kind of hop up and drive right over the top of it without any real concern. Um, I, I have driven this robot with the wheelie bars on the back over a two by six, but that's about the limit of what you can get over. And it's also not a just drive straight over it without even thinking about it type thing. It's more of a crawl up it and wait for that balance point just a second and then go on over the other side. Um, Two by four with the wheelie bars on the back, I feel like I can climb over without much hesitation. Um, But you have to be it's kind of something you get used to. You have to be aware of what it will do and you learn that through using it kind of.
1: Now there's no light coming in from outside of this box, so everything that you're seeing there is the light produced oh. from the robot.
2: Oh yes. The the box oh. is fully shut on all the sides we've got the windows closed up here so right now the only light inside the box is coming from the light on the robot
1: and i'm sure these home inspectors are seeing that mold in the oh. corner
2: there yeah we, we sprayed some simulated <laughs> mold up here in the corner so like if we wanted to have a better image of this so we can see in the upper corner of our monitor that it's recording it's yep. telling us that we're recording and how long we've been recording we can do a screenshot to take a picture while we're recording without interrupting it. Um, it's using a switch on the remote that I'll show you later So whenever you don't have this screen popped up there. But you can use that switch to take a picture without interrupting your recording.
1: So it can do some screen grabs while you're having the whole inspection going on. Yes. Or they could do it later on after, from the SD card.
2: Um, well, you, you could take a screenshot of your video, but if you've taken these shots while you're doing it, it's saving them as separate image sure. files. So mm-hmm. you've got a video file and then you've got image files. And this is just some duct work that yeah. you can fit inside of. And it's got a little vent you can go in or out of the crawl space through the vent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of to give you an idea of what it fits into and also of the video that's coming through to your monitor. So you can see and, what that looks like.
0: And Miles, you can look up, right?
2: Oh yes. Um, it, it, the camera tilts to 75 to 80 degrees up. Wow. Um, the lens is looking beyond that. So you can look just about directly above your head. It might be slightly less than 90 that you can see, but it gets very close to 90 degrees of visibility.
1: And with the tank tracks, it's a skid steer system. So you actually can see 360 if you move the robot in that pattern.
2: Oh yeah, Um, so I'm gonna crawl over this bump one more time.
0: And someone mentioned that they saw a spider.
2: Bring it back out just because it it makes a lot of noise banging around inside of the cabinet. There's a spider. Oh yeah, we threw our fake spider in there as well.
1: So that was one of the things that we found as feedback from home inspectors is that, they had a lot less um, claims for being injured from crawling under a house, or being bit by spiders and things like that. So that was something we didn't even anticipate, but it was really nice to hear that as a a benefit to having a robotic application to, to use in their bag of tools. Um, So that that was kind of a fun thing to find out that, you know, we'd affected things out just past the inspection, that there was a return on their investment that was impacted by cost savings with health care. So that was interesting.
0: And I noticed when I was using the robot that it spins on a dime.
2: Uh, Yes. uh, It does. It it will turn around uh, pretty much without moving outside of its spot right there. Yeah. Um, I do going to hit the microphone back here. So yeah, you can spin in the circle without going outside the diameter of the robot, basically. Wow. Um, and then, if, if I didn't show it before, you can see the angle that the camera gets up to. I don't know. If, can they make that out on the screen or not? I don't know.
0: Yeah, we, we can see it. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that's, the lights move. Yeah.
2: That's that angle that you're able to tilt up to and look, and then to, if you want to look around yourself, it's spoon in a circle without moving anywhere really. It has a carry handle on the ends as
1: well, so it's pretty, you know, it's fairly light. How much is it weigh? Eight
2: pounds? Uh, with the battery in there, it's at nine. Okay. So if we, the battery is right at about a pound, so if we take the battery off, it's eight. If the battery's on it, it's nine. And then in the case with the robot and all the accessories in there, the weight of everything all together is about 27 pounds, I think, so it's it's easy enough to throw it in the bed of your truck and, and take quick, it with you.
1: How quick is it to, and what, when I'm done with my home inspection, I've got a little mud on there. What do I do now when I get it ready for the next time I want to use it?
2: Okay, so if we want to, when we get done, do an inspection and we want to kind of clean it up before we throw it in the box, obviously we don't want to spray it down with the hose because that's going to do really bad things to the robot. But uh, if you've got loose dirt or debris on there, you can just kind of blow it off, brush it off. It's The tracks where stuff can really get kind of stuck and those are easy enough to pop on and off. So I, I just set it on its side, grab the track and kind of tilt, twist it up and then just roll it off. So you can get the track off of the robot and throw that in the sink or spray it down with the hose and then just make sure it's dry before you put it back on the robot. Um, you can kind of get around to the axles there as well that way with the track off, it's something kind of spun up in there, you can get to it to get it back out. And then to put it back on, you're just re the spikes on the wheels up with the holes in the track and then just spinning it back on there. But nice. Yeah, that's as far as cleaning it goes, you just kind of you want to keep it dry. Brush it down. You can blow it off a little bit, and then the tracks. You can pop those off and hit them with the hose or the sink, however you want to do it. Um, and that'll just help keep things clean, keep mud from building up in your case, and you know, keep the robot ready to use over and over again.
0: I found it very easy to um, transfer the images and the video from the SD card as well. You just pop oh, it right it out with the um, thumb and stick it right in the computer, and it, it just dragged and dropped. It was really fast.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the micro SD card, it comes with a little uh, card adapter. So you just, if your computer doesn't have a micro reader, it uses a standard SD card. You just Mm -hmm. plug it in, open it up in your finder. We actually, on the page for the robot, we, we created a photo and file viewer for a customer one time because they were having trouble. So that exists if you're having trouble finding them. But File Explorer generally works just fine to see it, uh, see your SD card show up, click on it, and then whatever program you use for photos and videos, you can drag and drop, edit, um, and then remove them from the card so that it's clear for the next time you go out.
1: We, we have, I think, a little clip of actual video um, so that you see it from the SD card and the clarity is much better. So if we can yep. run that sort of in a small screen.
2: Yeah. So, that, so you can
1: see the clear clarity is much better once you've actually taken it off the SD card. Yes. This is what your customer is going to see.
2: Yeah. This is the video that you're recording while you're driving around. This is the video that you want to use if you're going to show it to a client or if you want to really see uh, clear detail of what you were looking at while you're driving around. Um, or if you'd need it for a report. Yes. Uh, that's, the, the photos work the same way. They're that same clear HD quality, but that's the...
1: It's a really high pixelation, so...
2: Yeah, it, the whenever you're recording, the screenshots that you take are at a slightly lower resolution than if you put the camera into photo mode and just take photos. Mm-hmm. So if you see something that you know you're going to want to zoom into on your computer. You see something maybe, it looks like it might be termite damage and you're not sure. It is probably a good idea to pause your recording, switch over to photo mode and take a photo of it so Mm -hmm. that when you open it up on your computer, you can zoom into that image and it's gonna stay clear and not pixelated as you zoom in to really get a close look at what you took a picture of. Nice. Um,
1: We have directions also. It comes with a guide on how to do this. And one of the things that we do is offer a one-year warranty um, that covers almost everything, certainly not abuse or anything like that. But we also, because we're we're local here in North Carolina, and we build it, manufacture it, and and repair it if if that's needed, is all here locally. So you're talking probably to Miles or me if you come call in with a question, and we offer... Um, so that support you know eight to five Monday through Friday um, at any time and we can usually handle most situations with a phone call or give you some direction on how to to move forward and get everything working and um, so we're always glad to do that as far as part of our customer service package with this.
0: So you mentioned you're in North we, Carolina but Canada, Jacques, from, Jacques from Canada is asking is this available for Canada can, Canadian Home Inspectors?
1: Oh Oh. yes, yes, we ship worldwide. We've shipped all over to almost every country you can think of. And we certainly send a lot to to Canada. We'd love to do that.
0: And that model there is the GPK-32? The GPK-32. Okay, someone's asking about that as well.
1: This is, so the GPK-32, how do we break it down and get it ready for our next inspection?
2: well if we're done with it and we want to throw it back in the case there's not uh you know it's it's just the reverse of what we did earlier um since we we had it on and we were recording we we do want to stop our recording before we just turn the robot off the the camera actually will recognize that it's lost power and save that video file but just to be safe i always like to stop the recording before i just cut power to everything so On the remote control, this switch in the upper corner that we were double flipping to take a picture with, we're just gonna single flip it to stop the recording. And it'll just beep and it stopped recording. It'll tell us on the monitor how much time is left on our SD card, how how many more pictures we can take depending on what mode we're in. Um, If we wanted to change it over to photo mode like I was talking about before for a more detailed picture, that would just be a double flip while it's not recording and then single flips to take pictures. So it, the the use of the switch to control the camera is really the only thing that's slightly tricky until you get used to it. Once you've done it a few times, it kind of comes naturally, but the first time you do it, you have to kind of walk through it and get the hang of it. Right. But we stopped our recording, then we can just turn off power to the robot, turn off power to the remote, and then turn off power to the monitor. We're gonna fold our antennas down. I'm gonna put my sun visor back in, in the case. Use my tool to take the wheelie bars off. And the tool will work to take the roll cage off as well. Um, It's usually best to leave it in place just to protect your camera as much as possible. But if you've got a spot where you just can't quite squeeze under it and you need another inch or so, you can take the, uh, the roll cage off using the same tool that you take the wheelie bars off with. Um, you just have to be more aware that you have done that and be extra careful with your camera, but it is a possibility. And we can throw the tool and the wheelie bars back in the case. And I usually like to take the battery off the robot altogether, even though it's turned off. It's got a slot in the case to hold it. So I take it off and just get it out of the way. And then just set the robot back in the case. And you can carry it to the truck or the van or car to throw it in and take it on to the next place. That's awesome. Thanks,
1: Miles. So the GPK-32 is available, of course, you know, as we said on our website, it's at superdroidrobots.com. At the price point for this, so we have it um, listed for, $2,920. $2,920. It's on sale right now for um, 2750 And we do have a, a coupon code for InterNACHI um, members for another $50 off. So $2,700. And that does include your warranty. Um, so we have some ready to go. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, I think it's now would be a good time to open it up for that.
0: Sure, sure. We do have a few questions and it was about costs. So thanks for, um, um, mentioning the costs, but Anthony is asking, um, how to keep the costs down. Um, can you build your own robot to keep the costs down?
2: If, if you're talking about building one for yourself to, to use at home, uh, it, it's theoretical. I mean, obviously people have done that. Um, <laughs> people have taken other robotic options and thrown a camera on top and then used that to do an inspection with. And, if that's something that you're wanting to do, then that's obviously up to you. We can't really advise on it or give directions, <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's something that has been done before and will be done again. So if it's yeah. the kind of thing that you're interested in DIYing it, then I'm sure you, you know, depending on your. You can certainly buy can, the
1: parts from us, you know, or things like that. that um, available.
2: We do sell parts, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, not something I can really advise on, but it is possible, of course.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, really about it's
2: uh, If you wanted it, say without the case or something like that,
1: you can save a little bit of money that way.
0: Yeah. But
1: the because we've put it together as this fully loaded system, we and we have the discounts on it. We we kind of think that's a fair um, price point. To
0: oh, uh, I think the price is just about. right because you know it's like uh, it's like asking um, whether you should build your own radon monitor. Uh, you should probably just leave it all up to the experts, you know, and spend time doing what you're really good at running a business. Um, there's a, there's a question Ricky asked about the signal. Is it similar to the DJI drones? Like the signal between what you were talking about? Uh, it it worked really well for me, but you're saying Uh, the the, the Bluetooth. The signal between
2: the monitor and the robot, I'm guessing, um, It's not going to be exactly the same as a drone because a drone is generally working with uh, ground to air. So you rarely have obstructions between you and the drone, I guess. I don't do a lot with drones, so I don't want to tell you exactly because I'm not 100 percent sure. But like I said, with line of sight, you can get about 500 feet. And then as you get obstructions in between you and the robot, then your 500 feet starts dropping down, depending on what is in between you. Um yeah, that's
1: we, we kind of feel like this is the strongest signal that's available on the market as far as um the regulations are out there. I mean, there's certainly some um federal regulations that limit signals, but we yeah. are using in this what's commercially available, unless you're you know with a police department or defense department. And you don't want those things anyway. You don't want to spy on anybody with it. So oh. um, yeah, this is line of sight and it seems to work, work pretty well.
0: And Paul is asking uh, after the order, what's the lead time? How quick can you get one?
2: So the, these right here, right now, is, as the fully loaded, ready to go package, we have several of them in inventory right now. So if, if you bought it before three o'clock our time, it would leave today. And then wow. based on mm-hmm. what kind of shipping you paid for, that would determine whenever it got to you. Um, when we're, whenever we sell out of them and don't have another one right there, ready to go, it can take a few weeks, but, uh, right now we've got ones that are built up and we try to keep some in inventory all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of other things here, but since this has become so popular, 95% (laughs) of my time is spent on GPKs, either building them, uh, testing them or talking to customers about them. So we try to always keep some ready to go. He's Uh,
1: the expert.
0: (laughs) Uh, someone noticed that the, it was a big spider. Uh, does the robot come with a flamethrower?
2: Not this version of the robot, no.
1: <laughs> we could do that for you. <laughs> uh,
2: well, we won't go into that. But no, this, this robot does not have a flamethrower.
0: Ricky asks, uh, he's in Georgia. Is it possible to come directly to the business and pick up one?
1: Yes, yes. If you can, um, when you check out and make your purchase online, you can select local pickup and we'll have it ready for you right at the front desk and um, we're not a we're not a um, open to the public in general but we'll we'll set it up so that you can come in we'll actually teach you how to use it for a few minutes you know and go through the setup for you
0: Nice Robert says does it ever make sense to attach a line like a fishing line to the robot to be able to reel it back in if it gets snagged or, or dies out?
2: Yeah, sure. So I've I've talked to several people that have done exactly that. Uh, Paracord or, you know, whatever kind of line they want. The handle on the back is a good attachment point. Um, That does help if you get yourself in a bad situation and get stuck. You can kind of give it a tug and get past that point. But you also have to be aware that you're taking a tether with you. And if you drive around the pipe a few times, then you're now tied to that pipe. Or (laughs) if you... do a pivot turn on top of loose line that you've brought with you, it could tangle up. So, you've, you know, you kind of got a trade off there. It does give you the ability to get out of some situations but you have to be aware not to put yourself into other situations with the line. But yes, uh, I've talked to several people that have done that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's see, Mr. Yang uh, asks, are there any uh, applications besides crawl spaces? And I can uh, personally attest to that and I'll, I'll put a link in the chat. Uh, where I, I do a video with that robot on a roof, um, so you can you can do just about anywhere you want to not go. Uh, give that robot a try. I, I would assume, right, uh, Susan and Miles?
2: Yeah, I mean, if if it will fit into the space and the space is physically sound enough for a robot to be in, uh, assuming that there's not standing water. Um, Like a a drop ceiling, we have put it into a drop ceiling before just to test it and see how it works. But if you had a a tile that was uh, water damaged or not seated properly, and you went through that tile and dropped 10 feet on the concrete, it it certainly wouldn't destroy the robot, but it would probably break something, and it would need (laughs) repairing. So that's kind of, you have to be... Crawl
1: spaces, attics, uh, rooftops, under Yep, Yep. yep for Fairhouses, sure houses, those sorts of things that works excellent in there. Yeah, somebody
0: asked, somebody asked about, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go right ahead.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't hear you start. I'm, I'm sorry.
0: Um, somebody asked about the, the types of roof structures and I did a valley, a ridge and a hip. I went around a hip. Uh, Mark asks, no water, don't put it in water, but what about damp locations? I think that's fine.
2: If it's damp, it's not really uh, too big a deal. Um, it's mostly about standing water or uh, running water. You wouldn't want water coming down on top of the robot. You wouldn't want to go through standing water. Um, but a damp environment is, you know, you're kind of dealing That's with everywhere. mud there. And you, you'll have to clean the robot up when you're done with it, most likely, because it'll be muddy. But yeah, as long as you don't have
1: The track system is going to handle that just fine, yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it can go through mud, but you'll want to pull the tracks off afterwards and spray those off because they'll be caked.
0: Yep. And, um, it, August asks, what's the runtime again, the battery life.
2: So if the DeWalt battery is fully charged, it'll go for two hours nonstop, like, uh, without ever taking your thumb off the stick, driving constantly about two hours. Um, that's with the camera recording and the lights running and everything. Uh, And
1: and we include two batteries and a charger with this fully loaded system so that you just snap it out and you got two more hours runtime immediately following it. And that's one of the advantages of having this is this continued runtime with these
2: snap in and snap out batteries.
0: Yep. Uh, David asks, does the camera zoom?
2: No, this camera does not zoom. Um, We build a version of the robot that uses a zoom camera. Um, It's It's a very similar robot. It uses the same chassis, same roll cage, same batteries. It's really mostly a different camera and a different remote. It's wired a little bit differently, and it uses a different remote to handle the extra Mm -hmm. features of zoom and focus, and uh, because it's using more channels, so you have to use a different transmitter and receiver. So, Um,
1: yeah, one of the things that we, the reason why we put this camera on here, and we just didn't, um, is a cost savings the zoom camera is more expensive and it seemed a little bit of overkill when this thing is so robust that it can physically zoom in and out and a lot of people have just dealt with it from that zoom aspect of it through the function of the robot Um, so that that's how we addressed that issue because we wanted to provide that cost savings
0: yep um mark asks about renting or leasing options
1: Right now we don't have a rent or lease option. Um, That's not something that we have done at this price point. Um, So we don't do that at this point.
0: And um, let's see, John asks, will you have an infrared thermal imaging feature in the future?
2: (laughs) Uh, We've done robots with that capability but they were generally larger robots. um, Some of the tactical ones that we build On this scale, it's a bit harder to fit that type of stuff on there. Um, I I don't want to go into what other people have done (laughs) once we've sold it to them, but we don't offer it as an option right now. And uh, if it becomes feasible in the future, then we're always looking for ways to make things slightly better. If we can kind of keep it at the same price point and slightly improve things, then we generally do. but if that comes up in the future, we've, it's something that we could look into for sure.
1: Yeah, we just keep the cost down. We haven't really included it in this version of it, but it is definitely something to consider.
0: Yep, Jamie asks, and a couple other folks have asked about the height clearance. What is, I see the roll bars protecting the camera. Do you know that height right there?
2: Ooh, so the top high. of the roll cage is seven oh, and a yeah. quarter inch.
0: Seven and a quarter. That's low. That's really good. You can get underneath a lot of things. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I don't. Remember. You can actually
1: take the roll bars off if you need even another inch or so.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, in that recording that we played of the robot driving around in a crawl space, I don't know if it's in that part of the video, but to get to the other side, there's a pipe running uh, across the crawl space, and I couldn't get over it at the beginning, so I drove down, and it got to where it was just high enough to just barely squeeze under. Um, I could feel or tell that it was just touching the roll cage, but it had enough that I could just squeeze underneath of it.
0: Well, I think that's um, all the questions. I see some repeated questions, but um, where should people go if they have more questions or want to place an order with the InterNACHI discount?
1: Well, we'll, we can go to to our website, superdroidrobots.com.
0: Superdroidrobots.com.
1: Link in the bottom so that people can reach that. And also on the, we'll include a link to the code on the InterNACHI website. So people will have that code as well to use and they can just call us. So, you know, our website has our phone number right there on it and we can answer any questions anyone has and we're, we're happy to do that.
0: And we just, uh, Ben and I on the other side just uh, put in the chat feature everyone, um, the links to um, more information on the NACHI site and also the SuperDroid robots site. Susan and Miles, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much uh, for demonstrating. That was a cool, I got to build one, Miles. I got to build that thing underneath (laughs) the table now.
2: It's it's (laughs) a fun job. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it.
0: I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for attending. Thank you, Susan, again, for uh, allowing me to have a lot of fun with the SuperDroid robots. I I really love it. it. It was so much fun. And I can just see the great applications for home inspectors using that SuperDroid robot. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Stay safe and healthy. Bye.